You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Miley Cyrus fan? Uh, no. No? That's a shame because you know what? You really enjoy uh, Slay Hard with a Vengeance this year. Oh, really? If you happen to also like Miley Cyrus. Is there a Miley Cyrus reference? A little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a little bit. I got to say, I, I did appreciate her in. Did you see this came out a few years ago? A uh, Christmas movie, break. actually. Speaking of, no. no. Is she in that? No. No, that's not in her. That's all the other it's Disney not kids. In her. It's not in her. It was. Uh, it's called The Night Before, and it's got Seth Rogen and Joe Golev <laughs> and uh, Anthony Mackie, no. or uh, as uh, my lovely wife likes to call him, Black Falcon. <laughs> and uh, it's actually pretty funny. It's it's got Michael Shannon in it playing yeah. a, a very memorable role. He, he's not a bad guy this time. He really doesn't, doesn't murder anybody. I only like him when he murders people. Oh, but you'll like him in this, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should check like, it out. Hold on, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let I me just, just, I gotta just sit down. I just got to sit down. I got to think. Like, no, you got shot in the brain. Listen to our. This movie uh, just got way real. Premium Rush episode. Yeah, dude. Starring Jogo Love. Yes. Uh, that movie, Night Before. The uh, Night Before. Miley Cyrus shows up in the end of it, like playing yeah. herself. Oh, that's great. And uh, no, it, it actually was. Uh, it uh, it kind of made me pr- appreciate yeah. her comedic chops. Really? Her ability to laugh at herself. As as classic a cameo as Stan Lee and Mallrats? <laughs> Very on par with, yes. <laughs> I would say on her deathbed they will be uh, queuing that clip up for really? the best of episodes oh good god when she's Oscar winner years oh. from now Can you believe, like you how, how dry the air look at yes, my knuckles it's winter it's so dry you need some lotion my knuckles are bleeding like they are that straight up bleeding not, I've got I've had this little guy here for like three weeks now well, dude could you please put that back in your pants because <laughs> I don't need to see it just pointing to a callus on my hand for the listeners. How about this little guy? Joe, after uh, last week's rerun of Thanks Killing, yeah. which I don't know if you listened gobble, to Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Did you listen to I our, did not. Our no, usually I do, too. It's probably the oldest rerun that we've had in a while. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, didn't like it. <laughs> was it rough? It, it was rough listening to What was rough to about us. that? Well, take what we do now, uh-huh. which is already rough. We were way funnier back just then. Just take some sand. No. Yeah, well, no. we would just like go off the fucking rails. It was, uh, no, it was uh, it was unfocused and, yeah. uh, and a little, <laughs> because, little embarrassing. Because we are so much more focused and smooth <laughs> with our thought now. Well, I think we've got our, we've got our groove down, Stella. You, me, and the emperor. And the emperor? We all have our yes. groove. The groove. The groove. Yzma. I love that My movie. spinach puffs. God, I love that movie Careful. so much. They're still hot. Dude, so I checked out Creed 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about new movies. Super then. excited to have seen this you movie. You were. You've been all about the Rocky movies. For, I never really got into them. You know what I would love to do? Like a mini series of like going through all the Rocky movies, like inviting yeah. Jay on. Let's do a series. And like we do like... Just 10, 15 minutes on each of the movies. 2019. And just kind of talk about yeah. all of them. We did it with Harry Potter. Oh, Why not? Dude. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, we, let's do eight episodes. Eight 15-minute episodes. Okay. Instead of, like, putting it all in one. You want to stagger them out? But mm. stagger them out a little bit. But, like, getting to see Creed 2, mm. there was a lot of... I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of people that had uh, given me kind of some early impressions of the movie. And a lot of what I had heard was, like... Well, you know, this isn't a Ryan Coogler film, which I thought it was. I did, too. Uh, it's not a Ryan Coogler movie, so it's not as good as Creed. It's probably more on par with the late Rocky movies like Rocky IV. Oof. And I'm like, no, I don't agree with that. Unless there's a robot in that movie. I would put it on par with Rocky Balboa, which mm. was a fantastic sequel. It was a really good movie. And I put Rocky Balboa up there with Creed. I think 
these three films, Balboa, Creed, and Creed Two, nice are little all, trilogy on there. They're own. a nice little trilogy of of Stallone kind of passing the torch the on to somebody years. else. Yeah. Um, Is he? He's so much more compelling. Not that he isn't compelling as Rocky in the first Rocky film, mm-hmm. but he's so much more interesting to me as the old, older, the yeah. older statesman, the elder statesman who's now passing his torch on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed Creed too. Uh, there, there was, there was a little bit more. I don't want to call it like goofiness, but there were some lighter moments to it. Good. Um, but then they also kind of they amped it up a little bit, and you would be very. Well, after I say this, you won't be surprised, but you will be very surprised <laughs> Spoiler alert. at who of the characters in this film really display like the most growth and strength. Tessa Thompson. Exactly. Really? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but uh, but it was, it, I was impressed. I was impressed with what they did. They didn't do a whole like uh, Cobra Kai where they tried to make Ivan Drago like super sympathetic oh, good. while still making him like grizzled and horrible, Yeah, but in a fun way. He was still Ivan Drago. And well, you need a good villain. I mean, that's what made that one good, was that he was just inexcusably bad. He's a good villain. Mm-hmm. And in Rocky IV, he was a good villain, but he had no dimension. Whereas in this one, he has dimensions. You know, there there is a fleshed-out character there, which I appreciate. And that's about... I think that's about all I'm going to say. But yeah. they do... You still had asked before we started recording, like, did they leave it open for another one? Yeah. Yeah, they... They do. I don't see them ever closing it off now. Closing off the franchise. It's a good franchise for Michael B. Jordan. Like, he's a, such such a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, and he brings a lot to this role again. It's just the one thing, and you can't really get away from it, but it's like they, it's almost like they rehash some of the conflict that uh, Adonis Creed has with Rocky Balboa. Like, they kind of rehash the same conflict they had in the first Creed film, Again in this one, yeah, you can't you can't do that. Yeah, you? and There's that's why be some growth. The only way that you could do that is by finally taking Stallone out. And with what they did in this movie, you could tell like, oh, okay, they are seriously now they are passing on the torch. Oh, it is time for someone else to take it and move on. Oh no, no, there's no oh no, oh no. Uh, okay, spoilers, oh, guys. Yes, uh, spoiler. Stallone does not die. Well, of course he. I feel like his ego is too big to let him. Write himself out, even of his his own movie, of his own, even at this advanced stage of life for him. Like, isn't there another Rambo coming out, or did they? They've been talking about it for a while. Okay, I really don't think there's any reason for them to come back to that franchise. They don't need to do that. The same, I feel the same way about Terminator and Schwarzenegger. If you want, first of all, I feel like Terminator's played out. Terminator's totally played out. Tried, and it from the from the Schwarzenegger angle. It's overplayed out. Yeah. You cannot do that anymore. You're talking about a franchise, a movie about cyborgs, mm-hmm. like killing machines. The problem is... And he keeps getting fucking older. <laughs> like, it's the same one. And they keep and trying to explain why. Like, yeah, oh, dude. no, we tried the, the flesh actually does age on the machine. <laughs> and it's like, no, motherfucker, stop. You know, he was in his prime. When you did T2, mm-hmm. he was in his prime. You were pushing it with Terminator 3. When he had just become governor or well, something. Well, that's when, uh, yeah, it should not have been And allowed. he was kind of getting out of shape. They put him in a fucking turtleneck. I was like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this no. anymore. It lost its way there. And the problem with the reason that we'll never see another non-Schwarzenegger Terminator is because of that one film 
Yeah. Where they didn't have Schwarzenegger, it was with Christian Bale and had all star cast. Salvation. Great well done. Um just kind it of wasn't shit the bed. Very well done though. It uh, really wasn't. Well that, that was, was a, a mess G of movie, a story. I yeah. guess I guess I mean it looked nice. It did um, look good. The effects were nice and I, I like that we were finally in the future after all these years of teasing, oh now it's eight nineteen eighty, nineteen ninety. No, let's just get to the future that we all want with grown up sure. John. Connor? Carter. Connor. Connor. John, <laughs> yes, I always forget too. John Carter was a way better film. And then they just uh, gave us a story that didn't even center around the only thing that we care about. Yeah. And then it bombed, and people were like, well, it's because Schwarzenegger wasn't in it. Well, let's right. make it. We can't make another okay, Terminator make, movie without Schwarzenegger. Gotta have Schwarzenegger in it. And yet, uh, Genesis, still. How do they explain Genesis? She seems to have an invisible touch. <laughs> yeah. She mixes in and grabs right holding your heart. Cover your heart, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Kalima. Dude, there's another one of those coming out too. Yeah, and yeah. see, the, it's it's, it's when, Joe. Like it's the we best were of so times excited and the when, worst of times. We were so excited when they announced the return, like when Indiana well, Jones yeah. was going to get Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like he still had they it. announced that return, and we're like, oh god, this is going to be so fantastic, and it wasn't. Uh, this, it had just, everything going for it. It it really did, except for George Lucas. Ex- well, they needed <laughs> younger writers on it. They needed a J.J. Abrams you know, you to that, write an Indiana Jones but story. But Frank Darabont apparently had like the best Indiana Jones script ever, and they, yeah. they tossed it out because it didn't have fucking aliens. And according I, to George Lucas, that was his one sticking point. He needed to have aliens. Mm. Thanks, George. Appreciate it, buddy. Do you have to put aliens in all of your movies now? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, like in Red Tails, when the aliens come out <laughs> and start fighting against the Negro pilots. Sucker, the man and his aliens. <laughs> was that a George Lucas film? Uh, you know, uh, well, actually, I think Coppola did that. Oh, okay. Wow. Choking <laughs> on my... Jesus. I just lost my voice <laughs> mid-sentence. Mm, caffeine. Inward breathing. That's, that's good. <laughs> Would you call me? What? Um, yeah, so what else? What's going on with you? <laughs> hey, thanks for, thanks for having us over the other night. Yes, Thanksgiving. That's what was going on. Yes. Uh, apologies, by the way, to the listeners for yet another rerun. We wanted to have this out ahead of time, but man, our lives are getting busy and... They don't seem busy to be getting stuff. any less busy. Got the, so. the show that I'm working on. I was closing one show yeah. and then open, starting to work on another one that opens in a week and a half. Yeah, the holidays coming up. I got some travel coming up ahead of me. So we try, dear listener, every week to, to give you a new episode. And uh, when we can't, we'll, we'll delve back into that archive and give you one we think uh, you'll enjoy. Notwithstanding. Like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> what would we have done instead? That was a good one. Uh, yeah, I looked, I think I looked at our, our Thanksgiving episodes and it was that or Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Which, nobody really knows Dutch. I think that it's nice for the listeners who have who have jumped on board since then. Like, but in the in the time between, it's nice for them to go back and see where we came. So, from. see, it could be worse, listener. It could be <laughs> that's right from all from that first the season. editing bay. It, it could, could be, be worse. <laughs> <laughs> this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. My name's Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case. Like Joel said, every week we will try to watch a new movie and then come back here and talk about it with you and each other. Uh, and invite you to take part in the discussion on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash editing bay or in the search function, just type in editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, mm-hmm. click on that, and that's where you can find us, uh, and uh, and join us. Let us know what you think about the movie of the week. Um, we are late on this, mm-hmm. but you know what? Because we're talking about someone who is a timeless icon in pop culture, it's never too late that's right. for us to... to, to Give the proper honors. Memorialize. To Stan Lee. Yes. Holy shit, man. I mean, the guy was what, 97? 95. 95. Lived a full life. Absolutely. So it's like... In every sense of the word. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, at 95 and you die, 
it's not really a surprise. Like it's it's I know. it's bound to happen. I think it's a thought that runs across everybody's head. Like 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 Betty White. Like we're all like, yes. okay, so any she's going to die any minute now. Mm-hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's gonna die any minute now, yeah. right? Hopefully not for another two years. <laughs> Stick around for another well, at least two. Twenty-four hours, because that'll be awkward when uh, the news breaks tomorrow <laughs> know, right? morning. RBG passed <laughs> the away overnight. They killed, and RBG. here we are talking about man. She, she's awesome. I hope she lives forever. <laughs> um, Stanley, did you ever meet Stanley? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we've all met Stanley, I, I've, Joe. I've met Stanley. I've met Stanley twice. No, so, no, I haven't actually. But I feel like it's at six degrees of separation because everybody I know. He has a picture of, and that day that he died, man, you go on Facebook and everybody was going through their photo yeah. album Hell trying yes. to find that one photo from Comic-Con 2002 or whatever. Yeah, man. When I was a kid first getting into comic books, my father and I used to go to a shop in New York called Empire Comics. It's closed mm. now. Uh, both of the owners have passed away. The Rebellion uh, blew uh, it up. Yeah, the, the Rebellion <laughs> blew up Empire Comics. <laughs> uh, but what's funny, like, after I moved here to Texas, I once sent the guys like a letter just like, hey, miss you guys, miss coming to get the comics or whatever, and sent them like a, a Polaroid photo I had when I, like, as a kid, I had met Spider Man. And then, like, maybe later that summer, I went to Rochester, went with my dad to the comic shop, and underneath the checkout counter, they would have like flyers and pictures. Yeah. And they had my picture underneath <laughs> with Spider Man because I was a, I was you a regular. A, a regular. You were like the norm yeah. of Empire Comics. That's right. Um, so one, one time, uh, there's this, uh, this documentary called Comic Book Confidential. Mm. Uh, and they were doing a screening at the Eastman Kodak House Theater in Rochester. And they had sent, like, an email flyer to all, like, the regular customers, the people on the subscription list. Hey, we've got this thing going on. Uh, we're sponsoring this screening. Stan Lee's going to be there doing a Q&A. Uh, you're invited. This is your invitation. Mm. And I didn't know who the fuck Stan Lee was. Yeah. I just knew, like, I had a shit ton of comics. Who's Stan That Lee? on the title screen uh, and the title page said... Stan Lee presents mm-hmm. these characters in this. And I was like, well, I want to fucking go. I want to meet this guy. And so my father was like, yeah, sure. You know, that's one of the weekends I have you. Let's go see this. So the day comes, and this is like fucking blizzard hits Rochester. Of course. And so we get in the car, and we're not like we're not like a block away from the apartment complex where my father turns onto the main road, hits a patch of ice, and just starts <gasps> spinning no! on the road. And he just starts yelling. He's Not like, on Stanley Day. Fuck? What the fuck are we doing? Why the fuck are we risking our lives doing this? This is fucking ridiculous. I get, you've probably already read this story. I posted it. On no, I haven't Stanley seen passed this. away. Okay. So my father's like, what the fuck? No, we're not going to this. I'm not going to risk my neck, your neck, to go see this bullshit. No, we're going back. And so I was like, okay. And I kind of resigned myself Aww. to like, it's just not going to happen. So we're driving, and he doesn't turn around. We go through one traffic light. Stops. Turns green. He keeps going. Aww. Keep going down the road. Another traffic line. I'm like, oh, for sure he's going to say. Maybe he wants to get something to eat before we go back yeah. home. No. And we keep driving. We've now traveled a couple miles now. And I'm like, did he fucking forget we were going to turn around? <laughs> Don't <laughs> did, say anything. Did he, and I didn't because I thought I was going to remind him. Like, I thought if I said something like, oh, yeah, let's go. So home. are we going? He'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're not going. <laughs> not that my father was ever cruel like that. Like, yeah. he would never have done no, that. No, he's a big teddy bear. But... <laughs> but I was so scared to bring it up because I thought he would remember and go, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, but before I knew it, it was like maybe 30 minutes later, after some careful driving, we pull up to the Eastman Kodak House <laughs> oh, Theater. He just needed to vent, huh? He just I guess needed that's to how I am, too. Get it out. Yeah, I'm the yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we park. You're like Johnny Blaze. Yes. Or Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Storm. 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 Johnny Blaze was Ghost Rider. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, 
So we uh, coming soon to an episode of the editing bank. Mm, fuck that. So we go into the theater. Fuck that. <laughs> My church is like fuck that. No. Uh, so we go in and we watch this movie. And to me, up to this point, comic books were just superheroes, guys in capes, people fighting, just super villains, monologuing super villains, stuff like that. And suddenly, I'm learning about like cartoonists and comic book artists and writers like Harvey Pekar and Jamie Hernandez and oh, I know you know name. like whole, and, and uh, uh, Art Spiegelman and learning about like Mouse and all these other books that like the comic book medium and the stories that they have brought together and like my, my world is just fucking sh- just blown to bits and I'm thinking wow what an I've just expanded and I can explore now there's so many other avenues cool. I can explore and while I'm like engaged in this and just loving it all of a sudden next to me I start hearing Oh, no, you're dead. <laughs> not his cup of tea, huh? He is not a documentary film. Uh, oh, no. Not at all. So he's, yeah, he's fucking fell asleep. He started snoring, and I'm like poking him in the ribs. I'm like, shut the fuck up. So he wakes up. He's like, huh, huh. And he, he manages to stay awake the rest of the movie. And then, as advertised, after the movie was done, the director comes out, does a little talk back, and then Stan Lee comes out. Wow. And uh, the only thing I remember from this Q&A, because I had no idea. I didn't have anything to ask. I didn't even ask, like, raise my hand to ask any questions. I was just like, all right, I want to hear, right? hear what these, like, the real legit nerds have to say. And I just remember so many questions of, so what's going to happen in this comic book? What's going to happen in this uh, story? Why would you waste what's gonna a happen? question? Right? They're not going to tell you. And, so, and he would say this. He's like, you're just going to have to read it. <laughs> you're just going to have to come back next month. I love your Stanley. Uh and so then, like, they lined everybody up. Everybody got to have one thing signed. And I had a copy of a book called How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Yeah. And it was, like, that book that, like, I would look and I would draw the things that I saw in it. I would put a piece of paper over it and trace the characters. And then try to show people, like, look what I drew. <laughs> um, and, and he signed it. He signed it, Stanley 88. And that was cool. one of my, like, most prized possessions. Wow. Like, seriously, up through early adulthood, I kept that thing. I had a dresser. I would keep it on the dresser like a shrine. And I had moved in with a guy named Brian Miller mm-hmm. uh, in like 1998. Mm. Sounds like a troublemaker to me. Canadian. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You don't have so, to tell me uh, twice. So I ended up uh, like living with him. It was okay for a while. And then we just, it just wasn't working out. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, our lease is coming up. Uh, and I think I'm out. So you need to make whatever arrangements you mm-hmm. need to make. Get yourself a single whatever. Uh, but I, I just can't stay here anymore. I'm, I'm going to move back home. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll take care of it. And I was like, okay. So as I'm moving stuff out, like mm-hmm. I'm going, making trips, moving stuff out of the apartment and home. And what I realized after I got everything home, that book was missing. <gasps> yeah. No. How to Draw Comics the Marvel uh, Way was missing. Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah, dude. And I was never able to get a hold of him again. Brian Miller, if you're listening, it. we're coming for you. Shame on you. Brother. So it was years and years later when I finally, uh, I, I bought a copy of the book again. Oh, okay. And went to one of the Comic Cons like in 2009 or something. And Stanley was there, and I was like, "Oh man, I want to get him to sign this. I wonder if I could give him, if I could tell him the story. Yeah, if he would sign it, Stanley oh, eighty eight again. He would love that. Uh, and so I got up there, and a person took the book from me. Oh no, and gave it <laughs> just, to him, and like I couldn't even have time to talk to him. Aww. They're like, "Okay, move over to the next person." Aww. And Stanley just like looks at me, and goes, "Thank you very much." Aww. And like they gave they gave me the book back. And I was like, "What the fuck, man." Are you fucking kidding me? You're like the little kid from a Christmas story. Right? Wants to tell Shot Santa. Shot my fucking eye. Yeah, I wanted to just tell him. <laughs> yeah. And so that was also uh, Luke and I both got like a picture with him. I saw that And one. we call that our picture with Grandpa. <laughs> and so, and I and I like it. Even though I don't like the way I look in the picture, nah, it's cool funny. because 
That was Stan Lee, man. And, Still got those glasses <clears throat> and that. Like, did he ever change his style at all? Like, I, I feel so. like he was probably birthed with Just those glasses with, on and that mustache, and a full mustache. <laughs> yes, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's like, like, like I said before, at ninety-five, it shouldn't be a surprise. But it's kind of like we all lost that that awesome grandfather. Yeah. Like we lost Grandpa Stan. And for me, I mean, I mean obviously, it's, this is somebody you grew up with who you've uh, idolized and you knew his name. He wasn't on my radar until 20 years ago, probably. Um, I think Mallrats was the first time I actually saw him. I, I'd known his name as well. Which we were going to do, but we had so already we realized done the movie. we'd already done it. Um, and, and I went back and listened to it. Uh, we didn't really talk about Stanley that no? much. So uh, no reposting for you, wow. listeners. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Stan. Yeah, yeah, it's a fitting tribute for, for Stanley. <laughs> but I hadn't, didn't really know about him until then. Yeah. And then, of course, obviously, just the meteoric rise of comic book movies mm-hmm. and uh, and then bringing people, exposing them to somebody like me who kind of dabbled in comics a bit, yeah, uh, but certainly didn't know a lot of the characters and lore and, and, and the stories behind him. And one of the things about that, that this movie that we're going to talk about and rip to shreds, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can still say, I mean, it's got his fingerprints on it. It's that he... You can tell what a sweet guy he is and what a big heart he has because he's al- he's always much more interested in the human aspect of the superhero yes. and it's like it's not just about here's a guy with a bunch of powers it's about here's a normal person who has acquired these powers right. and now what will this individual do with them? Well, just some looking, of them turn bad, some of them turn good. Looking at the characters that Stanley put together, like Peter Parker, you know, a mm. nerd who yeah. finally finds he finally gets power, but what does he do to him? He he doesn't make him like invincible. What we learn immediately with Spider-Man is that he has these powers, but then he's reckless with them mm-hmm. and irresponsible and has to learn, like, just because I have these powers... Great power. It comes great responsibility. That's right. And then you look at what he did with the X-Men, creating the X-Men. That was him making a statement on civil rights. Yes. Like, that. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and just to, to see, like, the heart that Stanley had and how he did what he could... To make steps toward progress, yeah. you know, he, he used to have a, a a column at the in the back of comic books called Stan Soapbox, and he would tackle topics like racism, bigotry, you know, like what comic book heroes stood for, but what also humans should be standing mm-hmm. for as well. Mm-hmm. So, by no means is it just funny books and like Bill Maher bullshit. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like this this is a guy who, in his own way, was kind of like a pop culture Mister Rogers. Just Absolutely, that's on a the great... four color page yeah. instead of on TV, um, and so yeah, when they started doing all the Marvel movies, and it's no, I mean, dude, it took a long time for Marvel to finally find the chemistry mm-hmm. because DC had them fucking beat with live action franchises. Oh yeah, especially Superman with Batman and Batman, and so it took a while for Marvel to finally get it right. There were so many failures, but when they finally did you started seeing Stan Lee pop up in little cameos, mm-hmm. you know, in X-Men, in Spider-Man. Uh, I, I think he's even in, like, the the, the Punisher Warzone movie. <laughs> sure. uh, he, he makes a lot of cameos. None of them quite as colorful, though, as when they started the official MCU. Mm-hmm. And he played, like, all these different characters. I think one of my favorite being, like... Yeah, what is your favorite Stan Lee cameo? I think it's, it, it's when Stan Lee is, like, hanging out with the Watchers as, like, a, mm. a, as an astronaut. Uh, I just... That one is really cool because, in a way, it fits who Stan Lee was. Yeah, you know, like he that. was he was somebody who was watching and like telling the stories. Um, but I do like the cameo that we get 
in the movie that we're talking about this week oh. because it's a character he created based on himself. Oh, wow. He is supposed to be Willy Coming full Lumpkin. circle, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's talk about that then. Fantastic Four 2005. PG-13, running an hour and 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Did you look at the Rotten Tomato scores before uh, I didn't look at the Rotten Tomato scores. I did see the budget, though, and what it, and what it brought in. <laughs> Which was what? I don't have those specs. The budget for this movie was $100 million. Oh, yeah. Sounds about right. U.S. box office, $154.6 million. Oh, okay. Uh, world box office one seventy five point four million. One hundred seventy five point four. Hence the sequel. There yeah. you go. So it was a success. Uh, this directed by Tim Story, who also did Barbershop, the second Fantastic Four movie, yeah. R- Ride Along, Ride Along Two, yeah. Ride Along Three. <laughs> son of shit. So maybe not my first choice when it came to making like a superhero movie, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll we'll get to it later. Uh, just to give you a, a base of comparison. The other movies that came out in 2005, the top movies, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, mm. uh, Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. Batman Doom. Begins, yeah, Batman Begins. Doom, yeah, Doom, uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, Oof. The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Constantine, hey. uh, Sky High, and ah. a little movie called Serenity. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2005, wasn't yeah. it? Wow. Yeah. So this was this was it. This was. Um, did you see this in theaters? I did see it in theaters. Yeah, because you were. You're, are you a fan of the Fantastic Four? Uh, I am the not comic. as big a fan of the Fantastic Four as my father is. Me neither. Oh, really? My father was a huge Fantastic Four fan. That was kind of like when he grew up. He was a big Fantastic Four mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were like when I was growing up reading comics. Those are what we kind of connected about. And uh, did I ever tell you about that when I moved here? My father would still pick up my subscriptions from the comic book shop oh. as if they, we didn't have comic book shops here. He mail them to you? He would buy them and at the end, like, and read them every week. No way. He would read all of them, then put them all in a box at the end of the month and ship the entire box to me. <laughs> and then I'd read through them and then we'd get on the phone and talk about the stories. No way. That's kind of how we connected with Your each other. Your dad's kind of like a little Stanley. A little bit. In that way. Kind of a grumpy Stan Lee. Yeah, there you go. That lost his way. <laughs> but but that's why I was telling Sarah this, because uh, she's sometimes gets concerned about my love of Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> and the thing is, much like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade being my favorite Indiana Jones movie, almost exclusively because it is that, that father-son adventure in right. one of the last movies I saw with my father when I lived in New York, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline was what was hitting when he started sending me like packages of oh, comics, special. and we'd talk about them, and he'd be like, "Did you see what Wolverine did? Yeah, that was amazing." Ah. He's like, "I can't believe what happened after that." <laughs> That's awesome. So that was like Infinity Gauntlet is more than just a gauntlet that someone snaps their fingers and someone disappears. For me, Infinity Gauntlet is a symbol for what brought me and my father together. I'm so envious of that relationship because uh, I, I love my dad, but I would never have a conversation with him about the new Star Wars movie. And like, well, oh my God, who do you think Ray's real parents are? <laughs> like, that just conversation is not happening. We're talking about the weather, and, and God forbid we're talking about politics. Well, we don't really have those discussions now. Mm-hmm. But growing up, you know, as a preteen and, you know, early teenager, those were the discussions I got to have with my dad. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, because my childhood was that... Or getting beat up by my stepfather. So I kind of had a weird abbreviated childhood. Easy choice to yeah, make there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but okay, getting back to the Fantastic Four, 2005. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes, you got a guess? As to the, let's go with critics first. Rotten Tomatoes, I would say that critics put this thing at maybe 48%. Oh, you're being generous. 27% with Holy critics. shit. But you're spot on with the audiences. 40, yeah. 45% About with halfway. audiences. Yeah. I could see that. And then it went up with the sequel. Which is the weird. sequel is way better. That the, really is it. Sequel. Why are we fucking watching that? Way better. 
because this is the I one guess that you has need this. Stan Lee does have a, a cameo in the second one, mm-hmm. but as a different character. So, so tell me about this character then, because I don't know it. And in fact, I missed it the first time. The it's first kind of time, yeah. The, char- the the cameo that he plays in this one is Willie Lumpkin, the mailman, who's just he is just a mailman character mm-hmm. that interacts with the Fantastic Four, and that was how Stan Lee put himself in the comic. Did he draw that character like himself? I don't think he drew the character. Oh, okay. But I think well, they designed yeah, that, it to be like Stan. Makes sense. And he would just kind of show up. Like, every once in a while, maybe he'd be, like, on an outlier while the, an adventure was going on, like some comic relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he was kind of based on, he was just a mailman that would come visit the Fantastic Four, deliver their mail. Now, the thing that makes me laugh about that cameo, though, is the Fantastic Four just finished, like, rescuing people. The most, like, awkward rescue. Yes. And then afterwards, press conference. Like, yes, we'll I'm talk like, about press that. press conferences don't work like this anyway. <laughs> um, but they rescue this, like, fire truck that's about to fall off the bridge. Yeah. Like, shit just fucking escalates Everything so happens quick. within, like, a 15... 15- yes. I was going to say minute, but it's like a five-minute sequence. Pretty much. Where all- the thing is hanging out on a bridge. And some guy wants to jump. Yeah. And then suddenly half the city of New York is already on the walkway on the bridge. Yeah. Like going, what the fuck? What's going on? Who? And then a fire truck. What's With the, the Dalmatian. Car? Yeah, of course it has to have the Dalmatian. <laughs> but like, it it goes from like just a normal tra- traffic bridge to all of a sudden it's like the last scene from Blues Brothers where cars are just like just running flying into all over the place. But thank God the thing rescued that one guy. Yeah. But, but for sure murdered. murdered like five or six other people in the process. That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> Jen and I were watching that and I was like, dead. That guy's dead. <laughs> That, that car just flipped over. That is I love when they, they come back the to the fucking eighteen wheeler that. that he stopped. Yeah, and the guy who's driving it, you're like, oh, he's totally dead. Yeah, he nope. killed the guy. Yeah, nope, he, he opens over. the door, takes the guy out. I'm like, no, he's dead. Yeah, we saw <laughs> that, that guy is fucking flip dead on the top of the cabin. <laughs> but yeah, so then after he starts to calm things down, then everybody else, like, why is everybody there? Like Sue Storm and. Everybody just shows up. They, they show up because they're looking for him. Because, Joel, it's New York City. They're looking for it's him. It's not that big. But they're looking for him on foot, on a bridge, <laughs> like walking across. He's got big feet. I guess so. It's, <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. But but it's like, it's the Danny Reagan effect from Blue Bloods. If you're familiar with Blue Bloods, um, there's a character named Danny Reagan played by Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. He is a homicide detective, but basically is one of those cops on TV that takes any case so he'll be, like, in the middle of a drug bust, but you're like, wait, but you're a homicide detective. <laughs> you shouldn't even be doing this. Or he'll be, like, he'll be in Times Square or, or, or like, Midtown and has to get to, like, Brooklyn, and he's there in four minutes, and no. you're like, what? It doesn't happen. <laughs> that's not how New York works. No. <laughs> that's not how this works Evening. at all. Uh, so that's kind of how this works in this movie, where, like, wherever the Fantastic Four need to be to find Ben... They're just there. They just immediately make it to where he is. Pretty convenient, but you know, tight script. So, so yeah. So they, uh, so they finish this rescue. They have a very awkward like press conference, which is you mentioned. Yeah, it's yeah. it is a weird press conference, but I think it's made even weirder in the sense that as quickly as this all escalates, like the media is there, they just descend like vultures. Oh like, yeah, immediately they're there covering this. What story is it? What are you called? That's unfolding live. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it goes from the media is covering this this catastrophic event that's happening, and now there's these four people with superpowers. Yeah, 
Um, and it, within the span of this live TV coverage, they have named them. There's uh-huh. four of them. Oh, they're fantastic. They're fantastic, fantastic Four. four. The, the Fantastic we, let's four. just take the writing from the 1950s. <laughs> the Fantastic Four then see themselves on TV being referred to as Fantastic Four, uh-huh. and then proceed to hold and to, to keep a that press name. conference immediately, <laughs> yes. like while the cameras are still rolling. Hey, we're Fantastic Four. Like, Chris Hi. Evans is up there. Hi. We, yes, we uh, we have powers because we were in space three days ago. I was like, what the fuck? Uh. So then, after this, they go to the Baxter Building. That's supposed to be like where. Reed Richards' offices. So okay. he takes them to the Baxter building. That's where the mailman shows up. And the thing is, but th- so here's finally the long way around. They're walking into the building. Willie Lumpkin is on his way out already. Like, he is walking out of the building. And he's like, hey, Mr. Richards, it's good to see you again. And he's like, oh, hey, how are you? What do you got for me? Oh, the usual. And hand- pulls the mail out and then hands it to him. And I'm like, wait, motherfucker, you are leaving. Were you even going to try to deliver that mail? <laughs> I, I take my chances. <laughs> I took my chance. Sometimes you there. caught me. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't notice that. And then, like, all of the mail is like final notice. So has Willie been, holding on, been holding on to this shit for all this time? Like, Jesus. And he's like, I'm trying to get you evicted, <laughs> you bastards. So that is the Stanley cameo, and that's it. it. You see him there, and that's that's pretty much all. Yeah. So now we get to talk about the Fantastic Four. Ooh. Uh, now, Joel, yeah. had you seen this movie before? No, no. I, I'd avoided it. I, I smelled this steaming pile <laughs> from a mile away. I saw the a trailers. N- steaming pile. So as a four, it's actually two twos. Two, oh, two number twos. Two number twos. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. That's so dumb. Number two. Cut that out. Um, no, that's staying in. Um had no affinity. I, I knew the characters, but they were always my least favorite because they were kind of old school. Like uh, w- when I started discovering comics in the, the '90s or whatever, yeah. I was into kind of what was fresh and new. I liked yeah. Lobo. I liked uh, oh, I the liked dark anti heroes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Spawn. I was all in Spawn. There was the new Fantastic Four around that time. Yeah, there was a there was like a three or four issue uh, stint where Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben get kidnapped. Mm. And so, like, no one's answering the call as the Fantastic Four. So four other heroes are brought together uh, for about four issues. Huh. Do, you, do you know who they were? No. It was the Hulk, Ghost Rider, no way. Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Oh, my God. They were the new Fantastic Four. That's amazing. And it was so fucking fun. Now that I would have read. Yeah, it was a super fun book. Something about the uniforms, I think, too, really kind of turned me off. They yeah. felt very, like, 50s, 60s inspired. Do they still have those uniforms in there? Uh, I don't know. Movies? Here's the thing. When the latest Fantastic Four movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, there was such a backlash because Marvel was trying to help. Like, they were trying to negotiate mm-hmm. getting, getting the rights for Fantastic Four. And, like, whoever owned it, uh, I think it's Paramount or whatever, yeah. or maybe Fox, they didn't want to give it up. So they were like, no, fuck you. We're going to make our movie. So Marvel Comics discontinued the Fantastic Four comic <laughs> for about four or five years until just recently. Just to. They brought it back so that there wouldn't so be a marketing would machine. Be waning. There wouldn't be a marketing machine behind <laughs> wow. this Fantastic Four movie. That's diabolical. Right? That's horrible. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so then when that Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Damn. Bell piece of shit came out. Yeah. Like there was nothing behind it. We should be. Do, we should do that someday. <laughs> that one's rough. Jeff and I did that one on an afternoon. Oh, okay, delight. well then never mind. Listen to that episode. Um, so the, the, compared I, to like what you've gotten in the MCU, I can see where this film falls 
way short. It's lacking, but well, I'm trying to think of what other comic book movies. Like you said, well, Spider-Man came out by then, too. Spider-Man right? we already had come Spider-Man out. We already had Spider-Man and Spider- part we had two. X-Men. Yeah, if this were like a late 90s, and in fact, Jenna even mentioned that, so this film feels like 99, 98, right. not 2005. And it's not even really And it's coming effects. on the heels of a more successful team franchise yeah. like the X-Men. That's right, yeah. And then, of course, we have Batman Begins showing us how what, what the future of comic book movies is going to be. Yeah. And this was just like felt... This just felt like it was in the past. It felt like the Richard Donner yeah. the Superman from the 70s kind of era. It didn't have... The, the, the storytelling wasn't that sophisticated. The relationships between the characters were very It was abbreviated. Surface. It was, yes. Well, just... Poor fucking Sue Storm. Like, I don't know what she's like in the comics, but I do not respect her at all in this film. No. And poor Jessica Alba. I don't know how to blame. We'll talk about Jessica Alba in a second. But at least what they've done to the character. She's just like running around in skimpy little outfits... Like, every 20 minutes, they're taking her clothes off of her. Yes! And I'm yelling at the theater, like, you're better than this, Jessica. Yeah. Like, you don't need to... She's actually... Let's talk about Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba, I think... Where do you land? I think Jessica Alba is a fine actress. Agreed. I don't think she's great. I'm not no. going to go so far as to go, man, she's so underrated. But she's a fine actress. I've seen who, her... They just give her, like, the ingenue shit. Yeah. And don't give her my... Like, Sin City, which was, I yeah. think, another movie that came out in 2005... Sin City, yeah. they they sexed her up. She was so overly sexualized yep. uh, with that whole Hardigan bit, and like they never gave her a chance to shine. But there are moments like where in some movies where Jessica Alba is really good. Uh, yes, I've I've seen her in a couple of films where I'm like, okay, like I I went in thinking uh, we watched this. Um, what is it? Christmas in El Camino is that the name of it? Yeah, on Netflix. Actually, not bad. She's in it. And I was like, oh, fucking Jessica Alba's in this. Uh, this, this, uh, this is There's already a cap on the quality right. of this film. But she was really good. Yeah. And she, then I've seen her in other things where she, she's taking a dramatic turn. I'm like, okay, th- there's a reason. But you're not just a pretty face. She's got some talent there. Unfortunately, she needs a director, I think, to pull that out of her because it, she's got to have good material and she's got to have somebody who can direct. But isn't that the case for all of the actors in this film? Uh, not Chris Evans. Ian Gruffitt is really good. Chris Evans is a really good actor. But Chris Evans is good in this. Chris Evans is the best part of he this He is movie. the best part of he's this. He's so fucking... What did it do right, Joe? He's, uh, Chris, Evans. Chris Evans. That's my note. Is like Just Chris get Evans. it out of the way now. In fact, when he first comes out on uh, on screen, I go, Chris effing Evans. Yes. Making out with chicks while driving down a dirt yeah. road on a motorcycle. I love it. So Lucas Lee. He's yes. totally being he's Lucas Lee. He's got the jacket and everything. I wish there was a world where Chris Evans could still be in the MCU, both Johnny Storm and Steve Rogers. Yeah, well... It's amazing to see like that transformation too of him being that character, of being right. that Johnny because character. He's such like a goody two shoes as Captain America, yes. just like a, a Boy Scout, <clears throat> and then to see him be a playboy in this and, and actually have I, I prefer him in these types of roles now. Yeah, with Maria Menunos. <laughs> Fucking Maria I didn't even know she actually acted in movies. Well, I just watched this and she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching the same movie I was watching. Really, Maria, my mo- oh, okay. <laughs> she's fine. But again, I, there's none of the women in here are strong characters. Like even the Maria Monunos, like he's she's a she's a nurse. She's wearing the short skirt. Like she looks like a fucking candy striper. Yeah. And then he just picks her up, picks and the next they thing go you know, skiing. they go skiing, and then she has sex with them in a hot tub that he makes in the snow. <laughs> yes. And that's the last we see her. And she then just shrugs. She's like, okay. Unfortunately, the same uh, fate befalls uh, Jessica Alba's character. Not that she has sex with her brother. She has sex with her brother? But that, that would uh, make this way more interesting. She's just Yeah, that scene on the bridge that we were talking about. 
she so they're discovering their powers, right? She's uh-huh. just figured out that she is can become invisible. Yes. Her clothes, however, do not. Uh-huh. So she she has we, to strip down. She has to strip down, and we see like a and uh, why a bro- exactly and why? exactly and why? like they they talk about how we need to get around that yeah. so you can get there. Yeah, they and can't so see like you. she goes invisible, like kind of becomes revisible in but her brown panties. There's a crowd of people standing around just watching her. Yes, she goes invisible again, drops her clothes. Chris Evans picks them up. Then he and Ian Gruffid walk around, and they're just all there anyway. They're all wherever the fuck they were going to go. Exactly. So what the fuck was the problem? She even says, like, I, why did I even need to get my take my clothes off? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, exactly. You didn't. It's because it was in your contract. Thanks, That's Tim why. Story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know... <laughs> She's easy on the eyes. She's easy on the eyes, but, but it makes no. In the really, in, in the age of Me Too, yeah, that is fucked up. Even then, it it made me feel icky. Like this is two thousand five. That's not that long ago. Yeah, I'm like you're better than this, Jessica. Uh, I I think that you could scream you're better than this at just about every part of this movie. <laughs> yes. Especially you're better like, than Stanley. The really like, the really stunted dialogue and like the. the the tongue-in-cheek, I think it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek way. They're supposed to be, like, addressing everything. Where, like, Victor Von Doom, who's played by the guy from fucking... Uh, uh, Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck. Yeah. Where he's like, read, read, always stretching. That's right. And, like, there's always oh, shit like Jim. that. Is it Jim Grimm? What's his name? Ben John? Grimm. Ben Grimm. You always did the heavy lifting. You always did the heavy lifting. Johnny, you're such a hothead. <laughs> you four... Seem to think you're pretty fantastic. <laughs> like, they do that throughout this entire fucking movie. Yeah. And I'm like, stop. Please, for the love of God, stop. You're beating me into submission with this horrible yes, writing. I think the X-Men movies were trying to undo. This was just, like, doubling down on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, you're talking about, like, the this, the dialogue being kind of uh, uh, amateurish. Uh-huh. I'd say the the storytelling is too, but but the what the, story? The way what this, story, <laughs> Joel? There's nothing that happens in this hour and a half long movie. Yes, nothing really. Like you have the first ten minutes, you know, and then you've got like an hour in the middle of it where it's just look at how goofy they are trying to learn how to live with their powers. But you know what? Then in the last ten minutes, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Victor wants to kill everyone. He wants po- he wants absolute power, and, and now we now fight he can him. Do it. Like there's nothing throughout that whole middle hour of this movie. That indicates why they would be fighting Victor at the end. Of course not. Except that uh, they had a beef with him in the beginning. He wanted to marry Sue Storm, which I thought maybe they had like a history, like a past, like they'd been dating and now he's going to pop the question. Yeah. But we find out later in the movie, Jessica Alba says, we were never a thing. We were never a thing. So, and and who's really? who's fooled? Who thinks he's not going to be a bad guy by the end of the movie? Uh, well, I mean, first the of dude all, has a big he has a big iron riveted initial in his fucking office. Yeah, exactly. The first time we see him, he's in the shadows. Like you yeah. don't even see his face; you just see a silhouette. And uh, yeah, he's he's always menacing. If, if Black Panther is like the epitome of sympathizing with your villain, with the villain, like, like we've we've come all this way, we've always <laughs> have to have. Are you saying this that, is how we got here? That Victor Von Doom is the anti Killmonger. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. He's just like uh, he's he's bad for bad sake. Good God! Mm-hmm. The, the... <laughs> Who designed their logo? By the way, uh, we're that... talking about the suits they show up in. <clears throat> that would be Johnny, right? I guess when so. he goes to motocross, yeah. like the most media covered motocross thing ever. <laughs> yes. You ever like Joel just like in the middle middle of the week, like just be turning on the TV and it's like <laughs> live yes. happening right now That's motocross the other thing too. It's like no, and and people and are watching me, it and like media outlets just scrambling to be there. Yeah. 
Well, so much of this movie, uh, talking about the storytelling, it's sponsored. It's sold. Oh, this yes. entire movie is sold. There are logos integrated marketing all like a place. motherfucker. And also, we learn a lot of uh, what propels the story along through like um, magazine covers and newspaper first pages and TV coverage. Like that's such a a, a tired device for propelling the story along. Oh, how is this character going to find out this information? Oh, well, Sue's just going to be walking down the street and see her picture on a newspaper right. stand and know that the, the gig is up. I think it's still the like, jig, like... The jig is up. The jig is up. The jig is up. I think this was like where the filmmakers were still too old to understand the internet. It's <laughs> yes. like, huh. It's 2005. Needs be, it needs to be TV and newspapers. We had Windows XP by then. It's like that fucking Mission Impossible movie where the guy found out he was dead through a newspaper. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's precariously placed in the back seat. Listen to our Mission Impossible 2 episode from uh, over the summer. Speaking of that moment on the bridge, mm-hmm. when the car explodes and Johnny like cradles that little girl or whatever yeah. to keep her... Pretty- I didn't man, realize... I'm, I don't know. How how are you going to still keep her from being burnt to a crisp? Well, it's like... I didn't realize his powers worked that way. So he can that produce he fire. heat? But he, he can absorb it as well? I, it shouldn't happen. They that looked not pretty engulfed. Like, yeah. She should at least have some Like, he's holding her. Clothing. Fire goes around yeah. him. And still burns her up. Also, why does Chris Evans still have hair and eyebrows and and chest hair? Like, we see him naked. Several times his clothes get burned off of him, but he still has hair? I like that he's the only one that's, like, okay with everything that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, dude. If you could fly and be on fire. He just knew. He knew he could fly. Yeah. That wasn't even, like, he was just like, I know I can. How? What? (laughs) How? And then you become so good at it. Yeah, because of a seeking with man, it's a good thing he like was right about that. Because <laughs> what if he? Yeah, like, he, he fell to his death. Off a building and, and then, a rocket blows up the building. Yeah, that was a big gamble that he took there at the and end. How convenient though that that Victor's building is like right next door to where the Baxter building is, so everyone can yeah. see what's happening <laughs> from across. Like from, this, it, this is the. It frustrates me so much about this movie. Joe's man. on fire. It frustrates me so Flame much. Flame on, Joe. That like here we are with this like it's. It's supposed to be an origin story. I get it. This should be your origin story where you're like kind of figuring out the powers. And so I'm I'm all about it being a fun origin story. But they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's going to be a fun origin story, but then we've also got a serious showdown with a villain at the end. But the stakes could not have felt like less than what they Absolutely. are. Like I didn't care. Like I'm sitting here going, all right, so Victor wins. What's, what, what happens? How much better would this movie have been were there no villain? It would have been way better. The four of them, they this, this horrible accident happens in space. Uh, they come back and discover they have powers, and then it's it's, and then it's to, coming to terms. You have to learn to live with this yes. and live with each other. Exactly. It's a fa- like you mean the Incredibles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my god, a yeah. way better Fantastic Four movie. It, the best Fantastic Four movie. And it wasn't until halfway through this movie <laughs> I realized, holy shit! Like this is the father is the thing. Basically, he's yeah. big and hulking, and, and he has super strength. Obviously, Elastigirl uh-huh. is, uh, well, we've got a little Mr. gender Fantastic. swapping there. Yeah. Um, Sue Storm, same exact power. Violet. She could be invisible, and uh-huh. she has force fields. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what the daughter and, Violet and does. And Dash is pretty much the human torch. Yeah, a little I mean, he just run runs fast. really fast. I mean, I think Jack-Jack yeah. at the end was blowing flames he, he and stuff. He turns into fire, so. So there you go. Yeah, fantastic. So watch Incredibles. <laughs> For a better Fantastic Four Don't experience. watch Fantastic Four. Actually, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is a pretty good movie. So what makes that better? Because it's actually got a cohesive story does that Dr. takes you along Doom through the whole thing. show back up? Yes, he does. Because they, they end the movie with that Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's so dumb. It's, it's so dumb. And it him. doesn't ever pay off either. Like in the second one, oh, really? they never like, oh, he's been in Latveria. Like. He just kind of fucking shows the fuck back up again. Oh, really? That's disappointing. But it's 
it's good. Like the second one actually has a fun little storyline that it's following. I do like Silver Surfer. About like Silver Surfer is the Herald. Like whenever he shows up, five days later, it's like the ring. Five days later, <laughs> that die. planet gets consumed. And it's almost like they were starting to try to build from that. Like to the early signs of like what we could have done with the MCU mm. was Rise of the Silver Surfer. It really like, I might be blowing too much smoke right now because it's been a while since I've seen it. Coming to a new episode. I do remember liking it right. way more than this yeah, one. Jenna had actually seen that one prior to this one, and uh, I think she said the same thing too. So yeah. maybe, I don't know, it's just hard to get excited after this film. How long did people know of the Fantastic Four, though? Because like Johnny Storm this... goes to the motocross thing, mm-hmm. and some dude's on a mic, and he's like, it's Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four. And as far as I'm concerned, like, it's like it's 24 like hours. A day? Yeah. yeah, it's been a day. News travels fast in this city, wherever. That... Well, it's New York, isn't it? Is it supposed it is to be New, New York? York? Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is New York City. Yeah. No, I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, so we've got award-winning Kerry Washington playing yes. Alicia Masters in this movie. Who I didn't realize was supposed to be blind. Yeah. Until, like, the second time she appears on screen. Oh, and that, near the end credits? <laughs> yes. When we destroy a fucking glass in her hand and everyone's like, oh! oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, her hand's, like, just bleeding and shit. <laughs> exactly. But everybody's laughing about it. Like, nobody takes anything seriously until they're told you're supposed to take this seriously. Yeah. Which annoys me about characters. Like, these characters are not developed. And... Further, why it it just confounds me and frustrates me is because I think you have competent people playing these characters. Mostly. I think Michael Chiklis is fantastic. Michael Chiklis is a uh, close second to Chris Evans, I think. And I, I think he did a, a fantastic job uh, emoting through yeah. all that makeup. I, I, I didn't think it was going to look very good. I thought, and, and in fact, the first couple I of shots... I thought the practicals looked pretty good. They looked him. pretty good. I, it was verging on like a Dick Tracy villain for me. Um, oh, with the hat and the jacket. But later on, well, just the way the jaw, like you could tell it's a prosthetic. Yeah. But it didn't really have that, that feel. Of, what did they do in the 2015 reboot? Is he all CG? It's all CG. See, I think I would have preferred And it's all that. dark. It's dark every time it you see him. It does look like that. Oh, well, that's no fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I may have preferred that, but I was really impressed with how... We, at least you were able to see his eyes and the mouth movement seemed uh-huh. natural, and like that's actually fucking Michael Chiklis in a big suit. Who was a huge Fantastic Four fan. Oh, was he? And lobbied hard to get this role. Oh, good. Wanted to be the thing so badly. I'm so happy. And you can see that passion yeah. for the character... Through his performance, as badly as it's written, he really does the best. Dude, I mean, you got moments in this where he fucking hits himself with a pie in the face. Like, (laughs) that whole bit between him and Johnny, I'm like, this is such... The the montage. I got so frustrated. I'm like, why are we wasting time with this right now? Why are we not building the blocks of, like, you know, maybe be throwing... Throw Victor and and Reed together Mm -hmm. and start showing, like, the the discord. Start showing them, like, the conflict between the two of them in a natural way. So, apparently, Christopher Columbus, or Chris Columbus, I should say. Not the the inventor. Not the one that... The discoverer. The the discoverer, not the inventor. He he invented America. Yeah, that's (laughs) how that works. uh, Chris Columbus of uh, uh, Home Alone and uh, the two worst Harry Potter movies, fame. He he's was a, a producer on this, I guess. Was he? And and so injected. Well, there was a whole. So we haven't even talked about the backstory about how there was a, an original Fantastic Four film that was produced, filmed. I have that. That was yeah. specifically the Harvey Corman, or not the yeah, yeah Harvey yeah. Corman um, from Carol Burnett show. No, no, it's a Corman. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Roger Corman. Roger Corman. There you go. Uh, 
it was made specifically so that they could hold on to the rights. They were never planning to release it. They spent like $12 million on it. But unfortunately... It's a better Fantastic Four movie than is this it one. Than this one? Yeah. Well, apparently like the cast and crew didn't know that they were just making a, uh, a, a film that was never to be seen. But that was all because of the, the rights. So there's been a, a, a tug of war for the uh, Fantastic Four rights. And uh, Christopher Columbus back in... The, damn, I keep saying that. Chris Columbus... Was trying to get the rights back then, uh, and it, I guess it took him ten years to get it. Holy but shit! Somehow he was involved, but that explains a lot of the comedy. He wanted there to be some lightheartedness. He wanted there to be some some familiar moments. And I got to be honest, it's so uneven. Though. But that's the stuff that works the most for me. Like yeah. I, I could give a fuck about this forced uh, Mister Fantastic and Sue Storm relationship. I don't buy it. There's no chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, I don't understand why she's running around in skimpy outfits and she's giving them the time of day. Uh-huh. I, I, that's yeah. That's why he's interested in her. Why would she be interested in this dullard? Yeah, that's true. I did like I he did, did like that touch me. though. I like that touch of the moment where she shows up and she's in that skin tight outfit. Oh yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow!" Even Johnny's like, "Wow!" Yes, and uh, brother, and and uh, Reed Richards comes walking up and he's like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And then grabs the clothes out of her hand and she's like, "It, it, it adjusts your molecules." <laughs> like that's such a Reed Richards thing. Like right. that's that's indicative of the characters from the comics where Reed was always more into the science. But he loved Sue, but he was more comfortable with the science. They explore that a little bit more in the second yeah, movie as right. well. What do you think of that actor playing uh, Ian Gruffin? Yeah, I like him. Do you? I like that actor. I think he's great. He the first Damn. time I saw him was in the Clive Owen King Arthur movie. Oh uh, yeah, and I thought he was a good actor. I think he's great. He's British, and yes, you you, you can hear the uh, you, accent coming out. Yeah, of now every then? once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but I like him. I think he's a charming enough actor. Ooh. Uh, you don't like he him? He did nothing for me, man. Wow. He was just a zero on the scale for me. Wow, that's... Especially made even more apparent next to Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis. Dude, it is so hard, I think, to outshine Chris Evans, though. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for anybody. Like, think about the losers. Like, that was... Yeah. And, and the thing is, you had some strong performers Idris in that Elba one. and fucking... But Chris Evans still steals the fucking show. Agreed. He's just got that kind of charisma. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, I, but I don't know how to explain it. Les incompetents. <laughs> um... Let's talk about Ben Grimm's like girlfriend Debs for a second. <laughs> oh my Played God. by the Walking Dead's Lori Holden. Oh yeah, Jenna yeah. Pointed that if, out too. If, you, if you're familiar with the movie The Mist, too, she was in that. Oh, um, and in uh, Silent Hill, she doesn't really come off uh, very well in this she film. She doesn't come off very well in this movie. Well, first off, Ben is like at a phone booth, calls her <laughs> at home. This is after he's come back and he's he made can, of rock. Can see her from the second story, and he's like, course, Debs, she's wearing her lingerie she's with the windows wide windows open. Windows wide open. Wait, windows wide open. Mm-hmm. With a banner that says "Welcome, Welcome Home," hung yet, on the outside, on the outside of, the building, of the building, of the second store. And when Ben calls, she's like, "Honey, is that you? Are you home? <laughs> I didn't know you were coming." I'm like, "What? You've then got a banner outside f- your fucking building? <laughs> who the fuck did you have the Welcome Home banner yeah. up for? And why are you dressed that Must way?" Have hired somebody. So to he's hang like, that. "You got to come out. I want to talk to you. You got to come out." She comes out in her fucking lingerie no coat or anything <laughs> just in her it's fucking like, negligee just walking out in fucking in queens <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me come on and she comes out she almost gets hit by a car and then I thought she was going to and then shows up after he has saved yes! children and firemen all these people he has saved someone she comes walking up and he takes off her engagement ring and places it gently in on the, the ground. middle of the road with like hundreds of onlookers watching this and cheering on the the new heroes, Fantastic Four. Yeah, and I thought she was gonna be like, oh, maybe I've maybe ooh, I, I should look I beyond. Should give him I, a second yeah. chance. It's not just skin deep, but no, it's like, uh, nope, you're still made of rock. <laughs> 
<laughs> he can't even pick up the ring. Poor uh, guy. He's got his Homer Simpson to... fingers. <laughs> yes. He can't get it. Oh. But imagine sex like with with him, huh? The, I don't want to imagine sex well, with him. Carrie Washington's going to imagine it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um that rock finger. And that's where that's where the the movie like where it should have been more of them coming together. There was so much fucking infighting and bitching between these characters. I kind of liked that though. Dude, but it went on way too long. All right, agreed. Yeah. Way too long. Where like fucking Ben's pissed off about something. Yeah, it's that manufactured conflict. When it's like, there's not really any conflict here. Even the villain doesn't need to be there. And no. it's kind of having his own little side story where like, he's just... Where I'm not pretty anymore. <laughs> like, that is his motivation is, I'm not pretty anymore. And we'll talk about Victor Von Doom from the comics here in a second. Be- because, well, why not now? Let's do it. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So, I thought that the origins stay fairly... I mean, they stray a little bit with what's going on with Victor. Victor never went up on the ship. He was with never the there, right? Yeah. He was never there. How did he, he get was, his powers? He was in college with Reed Richards. There was a lab accident, and he thought that he was in an accident where his face was horribly disfigured. But it turns out it never was. But it was like a, a psycho thing. Oh. And so he wore this mask to hide his face. Uh. But he was never disfigured. Uh, but he wore this mask to hide his face and swore revenge on Reed Richards. Meanwhile, Reed Richards and his folks, like, they went up and, you know, they got all their powers. And what their are the powers chances? are supposed to basically uh, reflect the personalities of those people. Mm. That Reed Richards always tries to stretch himself too thin, and that's why he does that. Uh, that, that Sue Storm feels invisible all the time, and so that she uses that as her protection as well. All that stuff, like, that's how it was written in the books. And that Victor Von Doom was, you know... I, I don't know. Uh, it's just so narcissistic that he that fueled his rage and jealousy mm. for Reed Richards because Reed had everything that Victor actually wanted, and that was family. Um, and so what they did here is they put him on this space station. Like they introduced so much stuff in the first like five oh, minutes yeah. where it's oh, like, it moves oh, you want to go up on my space station? You want my toys? Well, my space station is the only one that has the shields that would shield us like, from this molecular cloud. We're fifteen minutes in, and I'm like, what are we even doing here? Like, what is happening here? Yeah. We're on a space station. I have no idea what the goal is. So that's that's part of the problem is that they're explaining like they want he wants to study the effect on this cloud yeah, they're trying on to... the plants or whatever. But like we rush so fast to get to the point where we're in space. Then we come down from space where everyone has powers, and it's like someone hits the fucking e-brake yeah. for an hour and a half. And you're like, why has the momentum fucking stopped on this movie? <laughs> and yet that's my favorite part. I like <laughs> seeing them. Uh, I like seeing uh, uh, Basically, if they, if they had just thrown like a Smash Mouth's all-star <laughs> to everything within the, the middle hour of this movie, you would have been well, fucking Well, it's the interesting part because it's like, what would you do if all of a sudden you could stretch? Yes, I would stay on the toilet and stretch my arm across and grab another <laughs> roll paper. of toilet paper from I the other room. I did love when he opened the door and he pulls his hand back and we see Chris Evans and he's like, that's gross. That's gross. <laughs> it was gross. But yes, if you could turn invisible, what would you do? What, what would you do? If uh, one of your friends turned into a big rock thing, uh, would you uh, put shaving cream on his hand and try to tickle <laughs> make, his nose? Make him smack him with himself. a feather. <laughs> which, which, I did like that little sequence. If you, were, if you were going to have one of these powers, which one would be yours? Well, I mean, it's obvious. I want to <clears throat> fly on fire. Like, he's clearly the best one. Yeah. No, but which one would it be? Not which one do you oh, want. Oh, oh, Which one do you think it would be? Because f- oh, uh, <sighs> uh, everyone yeah. wants to be the human torch. What's my weakness? Or what, what? What? What am I known for, Joe? You can answer this. Better I think than mine me. would be. I think mine would be Reed, and I hate Reed Richards, but yeah. I try to stretch, stretch myself too thin. too thin. I like that. 
I'd probably be invisible. Yeah. Like I try to blend into the background. I don't want I don't want the attention on me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. Well, mostly I just want to be able to take my clothes off. I think you're the thing. On a band? You try to protect really? yourself with a rock coating. Oh. Yeah, you've got a hard exterior. They're kind of uh, two sides of the same coin, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I don't want to be seen. It's tricky. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What else about this movie, man? Oh, man. I don't know. It's uh, Like it... the fact that Doom is one step ahead of everybody in this movie. Like he's already figured out like, oh, if I just absorb all of their energy. What? How did like you created this machine that absorbs the, the yeah. thing's energy, but then the thing's able to get it back anyway? Yeah. Like the fact that they introduced like the Superman take your powers away chamber. Yeah. Like in the in the third act of this movie. That's, that seemed like that should have been saved for a sequel. Or yeah. or a little less convenience. Like there's no consequences to the thing being able to lose its powers. Yeah. If he's able to get them back later. And then it's like, well, all right, then why doesn't he just take them away again? And then they like, just, does he really want to be a huge rock person? Yeah, I, I, I guess he needed to be. He should be to stuck save, that way. to protect his family. All right, well, he did he that part. To be but that. now it's time to be human again. Who are they protecting? Human again, because human the thing again. kills probably a half a dozen people on that bridge. <laughs> yes. uh, can we have a moment of silence? For the sanitation boat captain that apparently gets killed when, when Johnny Storm lights up the garbage boat and oh, then the yeah, missile the... blows it up. Someone's driving that that's, ship, man. That's a good point. <laughs> a lot of casualties on that bridge that day. Oh uh, shit! But but then they like they go to fisticuffs and like that whole there's this whole thing at the very end where Reed Richards the way that they defeat Victor is like Victor. You remember what happens when you when you uh, when you rapidly cool something that's been superheated. That's right. Uh, metal that's been superheated. I mean, he's referencing a thing that Victor said not early in the movie, which is how normal movies work. When you kind of, right, you know, you, you Chekhov's gun something, mm-hmm. you set up the seeds, so that way it pays off later. Like, Victor said this not four minutes earlier <laughs> yes. about super cooling plastic. Yeah. And then we brought it back. Like it's like, yeah, well, I is, remember. It's so like, so lazy. Up in my apartment kind of right. earlier night. Yeah, when, when I was up there and I had weird hoses plugged <laughs> into you, and I was bending your finger backwards. <laughs> and why is Mister Fantastic scared of falling off of a building? Yeah, he's like, just gonna, he's going to stretch and bounce, absorb it, turn into a bouncy ball. There that would have been fun. Yeah, if they turned him into like just a little like super oh, bouncy. Did that ball. not happen in the sequel? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't oh, remember that. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling that you really wanted to see that second one. <laughs> Uh, what else? Do you have anything else here? There's never a point where I felt like the people genuinely liked each other. Where no. like I felt like Ben and Johnny well, genuinely liked each other. No. To have that payoff at the end where Johnny's like, "Good to see you. Yeah, you're all good right. to have you back." Mm-hmm. No, like we, I've never gotten the impression like we're at this point yet. He never. There should have been a moment where they saved each other and could appreciate each other's powers. Yeah. But no, it's just like. I guess we're stuck together, so we have to be family. So we may as well be it. And again, I did not buy the... the there's no sexual tension at all between Jessica Johnny and Ben. Johnny and Ben O. And, and no. <laughs> <laughs> there really isn't. There, there isn't. I'll give you that. There's no chemistry between the two it's of too them. too bad. And it's weird because the second movie opens with their wedding. Why is she blonde? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why is she blonde? Because Sue Storm is blonde in the comics. All right, but Jessica Alba isn't. <clears throat> so either cast a blonde. And Alicia isn't isn't black in the comics. She's a white woman. So, like, if you're willing to cast, you know, you're you're willing to cast a black woman for this character, an iconic character. Yeah, just let her use fine. her normal hair. Just let her use her normal hair. What does she look they like? They did that, I think, with Kate Mara. Or no, they gave her blonde hair, too. Did they? In the Because then they ended up wigging her. Because they oh, had to do reshoots. Yeah. Yes. But at least she kind of looks like... But meanwhile, Michael B. Jordan is the fucking human torch. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you're really uh, fast and loose with the rules here. Right. But uh, yeah, at least Kate Mara looked like she could have been a blonde. 
Jessica Alba looks like it's clearly a dye job. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, her hair looked better in the second one, too. All right. Well, uh, everything's better in the second one, I apparently. Get it, it is. Why aren't the we doing that The sequel is way better. So, like, oh, the, the very end of this movie, they're on a boat with a banner that says, Thank you, Fantastic Four. Yeah. They are at... Somebody is do, putting together a, a thank you party, but who... Maybe it's uh, Chickless is, uh, she's great at making banners and hanging Alicia, them on hard to get to places. The blind girlfriend. No, the original oh, oh, one. Oh, yes. Debs. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're still good for something, Debs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got, man. That is all yeah, I have. That's all you have, too? As well. All right, so what did Fantastic Four do right? Chris Evans. Yep. All right. That's what I have. I have fucking Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh, it's, if I, if I, if I want to be fair about it, it's not the worst origin story. It's not. It's, it's not, not my the... favorite origin story, but it is my least favorite origin it's, story. It's not the origin story I deserved, <laughs> but it's the one I needed right now. I guess. I guess. No, it's just... It tried so hard to give you that balance that Sam Raimi gave you with the Spider-Man movies. With the comedy and the action. And, and it the... just falls a little bit short. That's a difficult thing to... to... There's a lot of moving parts and and a difficult tone to maintain and have it all seem like it exists in the same world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did it do wrong? That's that's what this movie did right. It yeah. made Spider Man a better movie. <laughs> she realized what Spider Man could have been. Oh, what did God. it do wrong? I'm going to say the rest of the cast because uh, nobody was. I mean, Chickless is great. I give it, but uh, I think I think Jessica Alba was miscast. I think uh, Richard Reed's is again d- d- Reed nobody. Richards. Reed, what? See, that's how little impact he had on <laughs> Robert you. Reed. I think uh, Doctor Doom, Doctor Von Doom, right? Yeah, Doctor Doom. Uh, that's another thing too. Like those kind of names work in comic books. They don't really you work. Gotta yeah. if it's going to be believable. Like with the MCU, they'll change up people's names a little bit. Yeah. to make them feel a little bit more genuine. As much as I hate that last Christopher Nolan Batman movie, what was yeah. it called? Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight. Yeah, Returns, Dark Knight Rises. They, they didn't beat you over the head with Robin. Yeah, like it's a reveal at the very end, and it's not his first name. It's like it was. It's like a nickname or something, or it's his middle name or something. I think it was his legal name. His there you go. That's name. what it was, and it's a nice little reveal. It's like okay, that's a way to 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 tie that character in without having a Jogo Lev be called Robin throughout yeah. the entire movie. Um, I thought that this movie it, it focused on things that weren't paramount to the overall plot, and it gave, like I said, it gives it the feeling like it's just plotting along. Um, like you like this, but I didn't. The team <laughs> did. all living together, getting used to their powers. Johnny fucking with Ben. To me, it just felt like filler when they could have been dedicating that time to putting together a cool sci-fi comic book story. But what what's the story though? What would have been interesting? Learning the the origins of their powers, like what how that. Look, dude, you're asking me on the fly See, no, no, to I'm put just that saying, together. No, and I hear you. And I think that what would have been more interesting is if we don't show our hands so early that Victor's going to be a bad guy, even though we know, even though we know based on his name or whatever. You know, one of the cool things uh, about the show Smallville mm. is that we all know Lex Luthor and, and Clark Kent are born to be enemies. Right. Superman and Lex are supposed to be rivals for the rest of their lives. But one of the cool things that the show Smallville did for a few seasons was made you question. Like, oh, I wonder if that's going to happen. I think I kind of like Lex Luthor. He seems pretty sympathetic. So make Victor a sympathetic character. Have him work with Reed, trying to figure out the origins of the powers. Like, yep. why did this turn out the way it did? Let me help you. Let, let's figure this out. And then find out slowly that his motivations, maybe still don't even put him on the ship, but find out that his motivations are more about trying to impress and take Sue away than anything else. You know, like, that's something he's always wanted. It feels like they had disdain for the audience and didn't think that they'd be able to to follow along with the 
a character on that journey. Well, he's yeah. a bad guy. We can't make him be sympathetic. He's got to be the bad guy. And that's a shame because in Spider-Man, they managed yes. to make, especially Dr. Octopus Spider-Man. in the second one. And, and, oh, but even so good. Even with the, the Green Goblin, yeah, yeah. they made Willem Dafoe fairly sympathetic. And obviously with the James Franco. The in X-Men, yeah. they yes. made fucking Magneto a sympathetic yeah. character. And basically every comic book movie since 2005. Well, but those it. came before. What are you talking about? Oh. X-Men and Spider-Man came before Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you could have made Victor a sympathetic fucking villain, but they didn't. And I think that's that's where we missed the boat, where it could have been a much more compelling story. If we were going to remake 2005's Fantastic Four, how would we do that, Well, I just did the five leads here. Got any leads? I have six. Who who am I missing? Alicia. Did you do Alicia? Who's Alicia? The blind woman. Carrie Washington. (laughs) Uh, no, but I can come up with one. I've got a theme. Do you have a theme? I do not. Okay, I'll just run through mine then. Go through your theme. And tell me if you think you've got this figured out. Okay. Uh, Alicia, mm-hmm. played by an actress. You probably don't know her by her name. Sarah Lancaster. Oh. Victor, I have two people here. Uh, my first choice was going to be uh, Brandon Routh. Okay. But instead I went with Matt Bomer mm-hmm. as Victor Von Doom. Okay. Uh, my uh, Johnny Storm. The Human Torch, played by Joshua Gomez. See, now you're going to get it when I get into these final three. Okay. Uh, The Thing, Ben Grimm, played by Adam Baldwin. Sue Storm, played by Yvonne Strahovski. And Reed Richards, played by Zachary Levi. The cast of Chuck. Oh, I never watched what? that show. Oh, my God. No wonder Chuck I didn't so know what good. you were Hopefully doing. Hopefully there's some Chuck fans out there that are like, yeah, man, I'm oh, feeling that. All that. of this directed... By the guy who directed the bulk of Chuck, mm-hmm. Robert Duncan McNeil. And oh. if that name sounds familiar to you, it doesn't. It's because it's the actor who played Kevin in Masters of the Universe. What? Yes, no sir. Way. Oh, bringing it yes. all around from uh, Star Trek Voyager. Yes, that's right. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Interesting. So, how did you do this? Well, I went. Uh, you know what? I'll throw. Uh, what is Alicia? She's the she's yeah the, the blind blind woman. We'll do Tessa Thompson for her. How about there that? you go. Wine, she's Tessa black. Thompson. Why not? Love her. <laughs> She was almost my Sue Storm, just because uh, yeah. your name. But instead, no. Uh, so my Victor Von Doom, one with a guy named Justin Thoreau. Do you know that? Yes, guy? I do. Not the Prime Minister, Mr. Of Jennifer Canada. Aniston. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's the Master Codebreaker from Last Jedi. Yeah, has had a cameo. That's him. Oh, that is him. That is him in the one scene. Holy shit! Uh, ben, just because he's a pretty boy. He is. Uh, ben Grimm. How about, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad. You've seen Breaking Bad? Uh, uh, yes, I have. I'm catching up it's with it fucking, now. fucking one of the greatest shows. Yeah, man. I'm, ooh, we're halfway through the second season. I'm, so fucking I'm, we're good. We're just shotgunning it. Have you, have you seen it before? No. No? This Jesus, is my first dude. time. No filler. There's no filler. This it, whole, it, it's all killer. I have said that through, uh, to Jenna. Like, every episode, you have to see every episode. Yes. And something of import happens in every episode. It's the best. It's the best show, pound for pound, yeah. the best show in the past 15 years. That's what everyone uh, has said. And, uh, it's taken me I, like, this long. I never want to go back and experience it, because <laughs> I don't think I can handle that. Yeah. But it's still fucking phenomenal. Well, one of my favorite characters is uh, the character of Hank, who is uh, the oh, brother-in-law, yeah. who plays the DEA agent. He's got a bit of a chickless vibe to he him. He does. He's bald, and he's a fantastic actor, and he's really starting to show his chops. Well, he's fantastic. He better be in Of this. course. So he's going to be my Ben Grimm, the thing. Uh, Johnny Storm, how about uh, James Franco? Okay. Somebody a little charismatic. All right. Kind of skinny. Just keep him away from your daughters, I All guess. Right. Yeah, no shit. Sue Storm, uh, I'm going to pull from another Marvel uh, property. How about Kristen Ritter? Oh, that's not bad. Jessica she would be Jones? Good. Jessica Jones? Yeah, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Also from Breaking Bad, by the yeah. way. Got that, yeah, uh, short, short-lived. Yes, apparently. 
Uh, <laughs> and then Richard, I, I don't know yet, but uh, that's what I'm told. Richard Reed, finally. I'm Reed like, Richards. Reed Richard. Like, Mr. Look, I even Fantastic. Wrote Richard Reed. That's why I'm doing it Mr. wrong. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. How about Rob Lowe? Holy shit. My that's Fantastic. really good. Yeah. Oh, man. I would be never kind of stoic that. and uh, kind of play both sides of that. Who's directing it? Don't really have a director. Very good. I'm glad that we, we've done this for <laughs> like four lucky years now. I have a recap. If, it, if, if the spirit moves, Joe. But um, there we go. I, did not, if, I was not if moved. The spirit moves by Fantastic Four. Guys, if you have any thoughts about Fantastic Four, uh, please let us know. Write us on our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com/slash the editing bay, or uh, just put the editing bay in that search function. Look for that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you could find us. Talk back to us. Let us know what you thought about the movie. If there's something that we've glossed over. Uh, please remind us. Let us know what it is. If you want to defend this movie, please let us know what you liked about this film. Uh, if you have any corrections, because we have a few listeners that <laughs> have, have given us some corrections on some stuff. I think we were talking about... Uh, I had mentioned Scrooged when we were talking about uh, Monster Squad, uh, the kid from The Wonder Years. And I was like, oh yeah, he was in Scrooged. Well, we had a correction come in. Oh, like, really? Actually, that wasn't from Scrooged. That was from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh. Yeah. Wait, which kid? Uh, the the kid who played Kevin Arnold's big brother, the 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 bully. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So wait a minute, that no. was apparently from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, that was that was Kevin's brother from Wonder Years. No, 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 right. But I said he was also in Scrooged. Oh, where he did Ooh. that whole bit where I have been ready yes. since first call. Oh, you're That's right. apparently from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. All right. So thank you very much there for that go. correction, <laughs> uh, Will. We appreciate that. Um, but yeah, go ahead and give us your corrections. Let us know all about it. If you have suggestions for movies you'd like for us to talk about in the future, uh, please put them there and we'll add them to the list. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's kind of somewhere in between. It's editingbay.com. Please go there and bookmark it. Anytime you need to know anything about the editing bay, you want links uh, to download and subscribe to the podcast, we've got a little nice handy link for it there. We also have links to our social media networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, and our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. Please follow us there. Been a little stagnant lately because uh, as uh, <laughs> we keep doing best of episodes. Yeah, exactly. I'm never sure what's going to come up, uh, but I swear if you follow us there, uh, I swear. You're usually going to be the first to know uh, what episodes da, da, we're, we're doing. Da, 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 uh, and especially da, 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 when we're coming da, da, da. towards the end of the year. End of the year, with, man. With uh, the 2019 Eddie Awards. Good God. Coming up. It's that time again. Not ready to announce anything yet, but uh, when, when uh, you're ready to vote, you will find those and more on editingbay.com. Please leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And then, you know, nice little review. Let us know what you like about the show and then share it with your friends. Please. Let's grow this thing. Um, what are we going to watch next week? Well, uh, speaking of the holiday season, Joe, we're here. Thanksgiving is behind us. The end of the year is coming up. Got my Christmas tree out in the front there. Yeah, we've got our Christmas tree. Do you? Oh, I saw that. Oh, I saw that photo. Put the Mario star. Harper putting Harper the star put the Mario on star on top. That's adorable. Uh, so always got to do a holiday movie this time of year. We're running a little thin. We've done uh, what well, we did, uh, Jingle All the Way, which is an awful Jamie. Schwarzenegger movie from years ago. We've done uh, Jack Frost. I will always hear you. There's a lot of bad Christmas movies out there, Joe. Um, but there's some beloved. But they're not always... Appreciated? Uh, no, no. In the parlance of our time? Sometimes they're overappreciated. Sometimes they have glaring flaws Uh-oh. that uh, need to be talked about. Um, here we go. Sometimes people love them, other people hate them. And this is certainly one uh, that is that is polarizing, I think. It's got um, Amy Poehler in it. It's No, no. It's, oh. But it has every <laughs> fucking buddy else in it because uh, Love Actually was a little movie. That came out in 2002 that okay. has an all-star cast. The prequel to Hate Theoretically. <laughs> love, love, love. 
<laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of different intertwining stories here. Definitely an anthology series, would you, right? Would you call? Oh, it? Oh, this is definitely, definitely an yeah. anthology movie. Um, maybe not appropriately named, but we'll we'll get to that. But uh, it has become a classic of mine. I like to like to watch it every. I feel it in my finger. Yeah, he feels it in his toes. I feel it in my toes. And next week we'll see. And we we visited all these actors previously on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's right. You got Martin Freeman and yeah, uh, Alan Rickman. That's right. Yes, they're all back. So I think it's time, Joe. We've talked about it a lot and danced around it, but uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity to dissect now that we're 15 years on. Uh-huh. From uh, Love Actually. Nice. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Because there, there are definitely stories that I think are beloved that I'm willing to tear into. Oh, I can't wait to <laughs> ask you what your favorite one is, what oh, your I least favorite one is. I can't, I can't wait to is. talk about it, man. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun time. All right. So is that streaming anywhere? Uh, You know, I'm sure if you turn on TBS right now, Good no matter God. where you are, what time zone you live in, it's probably being shown. They were already showing it over the Thanksgiving Yeah, we, holiday, me and so. Sarah watched it just a few days ago. Alamo Drafthouse, you know, usually they do like a screening. Uh-huh. They're doing like a week of it now, like wow. five days straight you can see love actually back to back to back to back to back good god and i will all right so we're going to talk about love actually um yeah that's it i don't think i have anything else uh slay hard coming to the pocket sandwich theater can't wait uh version 2.0 of (laughs) slay hard this time directed by myself starring myself and a bunch of talented cast members uh please make your plans come out and see it's a late night performance starts at about 11 15 on the evenings of december 7th 8th 14th and 15th two weekends four shows only yeah. so yeah. don't don't dilly dally don't, don't do what i do don't dilly dally don't make the mistake uh man i gotta pee like a racehorse sir so, jeff thank you very much yeah. joel always a pleasure pleasure's all mine see you next week for love actually thanks guys bye You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.